Welcome to episode number four of the Dads on Tap podcast. My name is Scott Maudsley, and I'm your host for our monthly podcast to help dads become better dads. I'm also the founder of the nonprofit Dads on Tap. We partner with local breweries to create great spaces to help craft better dads. Today, I'm honored to be sitting in not only a great brewery, it also happens to be one of our best partners. They're a chapter of Dads on Tap. It is the NoFo Brewing Company in Cumming, Georgia. NoFo is actually short for North Forsyth. Uh, and so we're honored to be here. In fact, uh, just this past Monday night, there was a Dads on Tap chapter that met in this very room to help dads. And so I'm honored that they would be this month's sponsor, and we're really glad to be here. Also, I'm excited today to have my guest. He's my friend, Brian Miles. He happens to be one of the founders of NoFo. And Brian, thank you so much for being here today. Scott, I'm thrilled to be here. I love Dads on Tap. Well, and we love the partnership, so we're really grateful for it. Before we dive into a little bit of your story for our dads today, uh, we're sitting in this great place, and I know this place is more than just a brewery. Uh, you are also got a distillery starting up, yeah, right? that's right. Uh, but yeah. more than that, the story behind this place is really cool. So would you mind just taking a couple minutes to talk to our listeners about the story of NoFo Brewing Company? You bet. So... Several years ago, my wife and I moved to this county and we have now our kids are teenagers, but back then we didn't really have a great place to go and hang out and we travel quite a bit. And so we wanted to create a place that was meaningful for the community, but we didn't really know how or what was going to be a restaurant or whatever. And then, um, gosh, probably 10 years ago now, I met a guy named Joe Garcia and I had lunch with him one day and I'm like, I like this guy. He's a leader. I'm always looking for leaders in the companies that we're involved with. And we own a few companies. And I came home that day and I, I told Shannon, my wife, I said, Hey, you know, I really like this guy, Joe. I think one day we're going to do business together. I don't know how. So Joe and I just continued to maintain a friendship. And then about four years ago, he approached me and he said, Hey, I really think that there's an opportunity for a brewery. And I said, well, let's unpack it. And so, you know, anybody that is a brewery owner, they'll know that you want to look at the metrics of a business and. Overall, it's a really good business. And, you know, it's cool to say you make beer or, or, you know, spirits, but for us, it had to be more than that. It had to, had to be good in metrics and it had to be about the community. So we started the, the long slog of putting money into investing into this business and really more than the money investing our hearts into the community. And today we've got a beautiful business that's thriving with a great staff that just kills it week in, week out. We've got amazing members and we've got great customers that come through the door here. It's a place that we're all very proud of. Yeah. Well, and I love the heart of NoFo and the heart of not only you, but also your team. It's yeah. a great place. In fact, if you've never had the chance to come to NoFo and check it out, you live in the area, you need to get over here if you're in North Georgia or even beyond that. Southeast. Actually, yeah. the Southeast, come check it out. Great beer. And you got some things like gin and I think maybe Vodka, honey shine, bourbon. Well. Yeah. But it's not going to be distributed widely. So you got to get That's here. Right. Is That's that right? right? Yeah. Our, our goal is to have a limited distribution footprint. One, because we really want to have a meaningful experience curated for our customers here. We don't want to kind of get into the commodity game with the distilling speed. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. it's not part of our brand. Yeah. You know, I may try to leverage you though for a uh, backdoor bottle of bourbon. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> you might know a guy. <laughs> well, Brian, you actually told me a couple of years ago that in the, the brewery industry that there is, it's very competitive, mm -hmm. 
but there's also a lot of camaraderie, yeah. right? And so uh, one of the things that I know as we sit here today is that we have probably some brewery owners that are mm-hmm. listening to our podcast. We certainly have a lot of dads that have a favorite brewery that they may even be sitting in right now listening to this. Uh, and you have been one of the greatest encouragers to me about Dads on Tap, and you've supported us in so many ways. Can you just share for a few minutes as a brewery owner, uh, why is this movement of Dads on Tap so important to you, and why do you think it's beneficial for other breweries to consider? It starts with the premise, and I believe this with all my heart, that the world just doesn't need another brewery, right? There's, there's, there's no need to create another craft brewery for the sake of having beer. What the world needs are places for meaningful community where people can meaningfully connect with other people, challenge ideas, have laughter, feel like they connect somewhere. And that's what we've done here. I mean, we have, you got to have great beer. It's got to taste good. Can't suck. You got to do that well. (laughs) Right. But you also have to create and wrap a meaningful environment around that. And so that's our goal with NOFA was to do that. So, you know, when you look at dads, they're a fabric of our community. I don't know how you feel, but like sometimes I feel like today culture is basically against dads. That's, it can be so hard. <clears throat> you know, I've got two kids and I want to be a great father to them and I want to lead them well and I want to be a great husband. There's really not an awesome place for a lot of dads to just kind of have a beer and talk about being a better dad. Yeah. So that's why I'm pretty passionate about Dads on Tap because I think it's a relevant thing for a lot of breweries to consider. Yeah, well, and we appreciate the partnership, and this is one of our best chapters here. And I'd say if you are out there listening and you happen to be a brewery owner or owner or maybe an investor, yeah. or maybe you're just a dad that loves beer and has a favorite local brewery, please reach out. You can check us out at dadsontap.com. You can also feel free to email me directly at scott at dadsontap.com. If you'd be interested in exploring, opening up a chapter in your local brewery, would love the opportunity to connect with you and to talk about that. But Brian, let's transition now more into your story. I'm really excited to have the chance to hear from you as a dad today because I really believe it's going to help a lot of dads out there. You know, we're all a product of our own family. Yeah. And so I often share with Dads on Tap and the work that I do that my dad and I, we had a, a we had a good relationship. We loved each other, but there was a lot of challenges. I actually lost him late last yeah. year. Yeah. So still kind of processing some of that. Yeah. But so much of who I am, both good and bad as a dad, comes from my own dad relationship. And so would you just take a couple minutes and tell us about your dad and your relationship with him? You know, one of the things my dad told me, because he did not have a great relationship with his dad, and I never met my grandpa. He died actually three days before I was born. But my dad told me that you are who you are because of your parents, but it's your fault if you stay that way. And that's true. My dad had his own issues and things, but he was also a really good man as well. And we had a pretty good relationship. Unfortunately, his life was cut short by cancer. So when I was in college, he passed away. Fortunately, he got to see me get married and he got to see my sister have a couple babies. And I graduated from uh, college, which was a really big deal for him because he never got that chance. So as best I could have a meaningful relationship with him in my young days yeah. of life, I wish I could have a beer with him now. Yeah. You know, yeah. but that's just not going to happen this side of heaven. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and I'm, I know we have a lot of dads out there that have similar experiences, right? Yeah. Whether they lost their dad early or whether they just never had really a dad in their life or yeah. whether it was just a really difficult relationship, right? And yeah. so I, I know we'll get into later a little bit talking about some of your family. And I'm sure mm-hmm. there are a lot of lessons that you learn from that yeah. and some things that you are doing because you're getting a lot more time prayerfully, hopefully with your kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, for so, sure. Let me now transition over to your family. One of the things I love love about your family is that you and Shannon 
not only do you have a partnership in marriage, but you guys are partners in the business, we man. Are. I admire your relationship and how you guys do what you do. And so tell us a little about your family and also mm-hmm. about your kiddos and just help everybody know kind of what happens in your home. Sure. Well, my wife and I, Shannon, we were married in 1997. So this year is our 25th wedding anniversary. Thank man. you. Silver. Thank you. you made it to the silver. We did it. You know, <laughs> if we can make it 25, we can make it 26. <laughs> there right? you go. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we just actually got back from Greece. We just celebrated our, our anniversary right before the kids got out of school. So we're, it was a great trip. So Shannon and I basically, we raised each other. It's a crazy story is she lost her dad a year to the day that I lost my dad wow. afterward. Wow. And so we kind of just raised each other. We were young when we got married. I was four and she was six. I'm kidding. But no, we were really young. She was 19 and I was 22. So we, we really have raised yeah. each other. You might have been a six maturity wise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, still am. Yeah. But uh, we're in a season of life now that's a lot of fun. Our kids are our son. He's 13. His, his name is Harper. And then our daughter, her name is Rainy and she's 16. And they're just great kids. And we love being able to parent them together and We've always had this premise that the best gift we can give our kids is a great marriage. Yeah. And we want that because, you know, one day they're going to be gone and we want to thrive on the other side of that experience. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, she's my first love and I love our kids and I'm excited for their future, but I definitely want to maintain and want to show them what being a dad looks like, yeah. you know, as far as a husband. Yeah. Let's park there for just a second. Obviously, we were talking earlier. I mean, you know, marriages, you know, you're two different people, yeah. right? And, and my wife and I happen to share not a single letter on the Myers-Briggs. So, we're complete opposite <laughs> as far as our wiring. We are right? too. So, Same thing. So, yeah. tell me at a practical level, how do you guys operate? Not just with like the things that you get done well, right? Or the things that are easy for you guys mm-hmm. in your marriage. But in the conflict times, right? A lot of times, I think we try to hide those things, right? We try to keep them from our kids. And maybe you could make the case that early on, that might be a good thing. But now, I mean, we both have, uh, you know, your daughter and my son are both going into 11th grade, right? Yeah. They see a lot. They know a lot more sure. than we think, right? Sure. I have a daughter. You have a son in middle school. How do you guys in your marriage show up for them in the challenging things? Mm-hmm. And how do you teach your children through that? Well, that's a giant question, but here's what I'll say. One, it starts with she and I being lockstep on what's most important for our family okay. yep. and for our marriage. You alluded to it, but in addition to being parents together for two great kids, we own several companies together. Yep. We own a holding company that manages a lot of different people. We employ thousands of people around the country. Mm-hmm. And she's an excellent leader. Yeah. I don't know how other people do this, but for me, I see her as my equal. You know, I really do. I think that she's so talented and gifted in areas that I'm not. Yeah. And I am the same for her. And so instead of like letting that be a, a problem or a, a place of conflict, it's a place where we basically default to our strengths. Yeah, that's great. And so we've tried to teach that to our kids that like, look, there's probably a handful of things you're really good at and the stuff you suck at get other people to, to do it for you or work, Absolutely. you know, work with them in that way and lead them in that capacity. Yeah. So at our house, we do bi-weekly family meetings. They last about 30 minutes. They have goals that they establish and they basically are accountable to that. They have a red, yellow, green system for that. I do too. Shannon does. So we are accountable to them. That's awesome. um, we've got a mantra and what we communicate. We, it's seasonal. We're just ending one right now. We're going to take a break for the summer, but we still meet mm-hmm. and then we'll start measuring our goals for the fall. And, you know, for us, we're just a really driven family and that suits our, how we operate. It doesn't feel like a corporation in our house or anything like that. We have a lot of fun. There's a lot of laughter, 
but we get stuff done. We execute as the Miles family. That's awesome, man. So that takes a lot of time and energy, right? <laughs> to, to get all that in place. And <laughs> well, you I'm know, sure that's grown over time too. It has. Right? We didn't make this up. This is something that Pat Lencioni, he wrote a book, but basically yeah. it's for the frantic family. Okay. And essentially it's got a yellow cover. And I had a chance to meet him and he's like, you know what? You guys just need to know this book and, and read it. And so we did. It's a great fable. And we've just applied those principles to our life and our family. And we see the benefit of it with our kids. They, our kids actually love having these family meetings. That's awesome. That's awesome. In fact, we'll find that book yeah. and we'll post it on our Instagram. I got it. So that dad's. It's three questions for a frantic family. Three questions for a frantic family. And uh, we'll post that as well on social media. But I think that's great. You know, you mentioned the businesses you guys have been a part of and you've been very blessed. You mm-hmm. guys put a lot of hard work in. You've experienced a lot of success in that. But you, you also mentioned the very driven family, right? Very Both sure. you and Shannon. Sure. And you got a lot going on, right? There's a lot of different directions you guys are moving in. Um, and I want to talk for a few minutes about the idea of the rhythm of your life as a dad. A long time ago, I stopped trying to use the word balance. Yeah. I don't think balance is a thing, right? Like we never find this perfect balance of all these things, mm-hmm. but I do think there are rhythms of life. For sure. How have you as a family, you as a dad, what are the rhythms that you've set up to make sure that in the midst of all the busyness, you mentioned having family meetings and all that. Yeah. In the midst of all the busyness, in the midst of running the companies and all that you guys do, making sure that certainly Shannon, but for today's purposes, your kids get what they need from you as a dad. What does that rhythm look like for you? Well, it's a mixture of one-on-one time with them. Okay. Asking them questions about what they need just practically. Yep. Literally this week, we just had our kids do Myers-Briggs test. Okay. And part of that is because Shannon's taking Harper on a mother-son trip in early June, and I'm taking our daughter on a father-daughter trip. And so we're going to unpack their Myers-Briggs while we're there. And, and oh, that's awesome. And we're going to show them kind of the overlay of like, well, hey, you know, this is what your brother looks like. This is what mom looks like. This is what dad looks like. So that they can start to learn like, okay, well, you know, we're unique individuals and we can kind of lean into those strengths and, and figure out those weaknesses. And so we do stuff like that. We've had them take um, the Enneagram yep. and a few other tests. They seem to really enjoy it. A lot of them, they, you know, they're like, wow, I, that really does identify me very yeah. much. I'm yeah. an INTJ. Okay. And, you know, for me, like there are times like, well, why is dad like that? Well, thumb to this little <laughs> chapter here and read this on your, yeah. your crazy dad, you know? <laughs> I love it. Well, not only are you setting up the understanding in your family, but you're also giving them a model for their future when yeah. spouses or kids come into their life to have an appreciation for yeah. the differences, right? Yeah. I mean, not just, uh, uh, not just being negative yeah. about those. Tough one of things. the one of the best wedding gifts I've ever heard of in my life, and I'm going to do this, is I heard his dad, he basically got the results for his daughter. And he went and got a new Myers-Briggs book. And he basically went through and underlined everything he knew to be true about his daughter. And then highlighted that, which was like stuff to pay attention to in their relationship. Okay. And he gave that as a gift to the groom. Oh, wow. And it's like, That's look, awesome. th- as a dad, I'm trying to set you up for success yeah, yeah. with this marriage. And I just thought that was the coolest gifts ever. So that is really cool. I plan on doing know. something similar. Plus, if you don't get it right, I'm going to have to you yeah. know, <laughs> hurt you anyway. That's so right. let me try to help you up front. That's right. <laughs> don't mess with my baby girl. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I love that, Brian. And I know uh, setting aside the time and the resources, but really too, it doesn't necessarily take a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. It sometimes just takes intentionality, right? That's like, right. Well, you know, one of the things that, that I've done for several years with my kids is do what we just call 24-hour adventure. So a couple times a year, we might go to the North Georgia mountains or go down to Atlanta, get a hotel, right? And just have that individual time. And so even if it's just a date night, right? Something that sets aside time for your kids individually is important. Yeah. 
We do that. We travel quite a bit as a family. Yep. That's one of our values as a family is yep. travel. We'd rather have experiences over things. Yeah, and it. so for us, we all, oftentimes we'll find ourselves around a dinner table somewhere in the world saying, well, what impacted you today? Or what yeah. did you see that was different? You know, yeah. I mean, we're, we're in sometimes in very impoverished areas traveling through and, you know, it gives them a sense that, hey, it's not just all gumdrops and lollipops, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, there's some hard things that happen outside the United States. We work really hard to give them those types of perspectives. Shannon and I have always loved to travel before we had kids so yeah. that we wouldn't incorporate that in. That's fantastic. I love it. So you use the word values Mm -hmm. and we all have values as people and those values play out in our relationships. And so uh, I know you guys are very clear about the values that you have. Can Mm -hmm. you talk about whether it's values as a family, you mentioned travel uh, or things we enjoy, but the values that you have as a dad that show up, what are they? And then how do those things show up in your home knowing that you've you've mentioned several of those already? Well, let me preface this by saying that I'm far from perfect. Yeah, we're going to get to that a little yeah. bit. Okay, so far from perfect. We're not going to let you uh, off the hook on I, that. I have been an ass clown before. It, <laughs> it so, probably will be again, right? I'm, I'll join you. Yeah, in that. I'm very far from perfect. But I'll, I'll say that a few of the things that I think are important, I actually just talked to my son about this literally yesterday, is like, you know, as you get older, it's important if you want to lead other people that you're a leader worth following, mm-hmm. which means you've got to have integrity mm-hmm. and you've got to be able to ask somebody to do something that you would do yourself. You know, it starts with, you know, in the early days, like take the trash out and just do it. Don't let us ask you 15 times, right? Right. This we're building, we're baking in integrity. And and when they say they're going to do something, they're going to do it, right? And see something through. You know, the other thing too is we try to be a house full of grace. I will tell you, honestly, I'm not the greatest at it, but we do. Uh, Shannon's so much better at this, but we do screw up a lot. We're very, as I shared, you know, we're very execution oriented. We love to execute. We're very driven. But sometimes grace gets missed and all that. Mm -hmm. And so we've worked really hard to just say, hey, look, we all screw up. You're forgiven. Let's move on, you know, and let's learn from it. You know, and I think another value that's important to me is that your life is not your own. You're here for others. Yeah. And that serves in a lot of different capacities, whether that's your wife, a friend, an aging parent, whatever, customers in a business. Your life is not your own. You're here for others. Yeah. You know, I heard someone say recently that we spend the first about like six years of their life basically proving to them that it's all about them <laughs> yeah. and the rest of their life trying to convince them that it's not, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. it really is that. So love the values, love the honest conversations. And I want to now just kind of take a step towards just some really practical things, sure. right? So you already mentioned we have some ideas of traveling yeah. and taking the intentional time, but can you give us maybe two to three things that you do consistently, mm-hmm. right? All the time that might be great ideas, maybe some simple things for our listeners to think about doing just as their dads. Sure. Well, one is I seek out mentors. Okay. I always try and find a guy that's two or three seasons ahead of me in different ways. So like, you know, maybe there's a very successful business guy, but maybe he's a train wreck with his marriage, right? I'm not going to ask him marriage advice, but I'm going to ask him business advice. And then I'm going to look to a guy that, you know, maybe has a really meaningful connection with God. And I'm going to ask, Hey, what's that look like in your season? And, or he's a great dad and you can tell they've got a great marriage. I'm going to, I'm going to ask questions to those people because not everybody is going to have all the answers. So I'm intentional to basically chase down guys that are two or three seasons ahead and say, look, teach me. And and I tell them, I'm I'm very serious about this. I'm like, look, you need to be careful with what you tell me because I'm going to go do it. Yeah. They're really cool to to pour into me in that way. I'm curious along those lines. So there's that personal part. 
we happen to be in the same season, your daughter, my son, where, you know, they're now halfway, officially halfway through their high school career. Yeah. And now we're starting to look towards the future, right? And my yeah. son and I are having conversations about what do you care about? What are the things that you love, right? What sure. does that look like, right? Whether it's college or something else. A mentor of mine told me, thankfully, when I had really young kids, he said, Scott, I, I wish someone would have told me that I really only had my kids. I thought I had them until they were 18 and they left my house. <laughs> he said, I wish someone would have told me that I, that I really only had my kids fully till about the age of 12. Because at that point, other voices became more important in their life. Yeah. Peers and coaches and teachers. I'm curious, you seek it out personally. Uh, is there anything that you're doing in these days to make sure your kids are connected to the right kind of adults in their sure. life? And how do you foster those relationships to make sure the right voices are there? So one of the things I realized early on when my dad passed away is I'm, I needed mentors. Mm. And what I realized really quickly is that their mentors aren't looking for me. Right. They're just not They're doing their thing. They're doing their thing. Right. So I had to figure out how to jump in their damage path yeah. and say like, look, I need to learn from you and be willing to be swept up in what they were doing. And so I've taught our kids that is like, look, you know, if you see somebody that's successful, approach them yeah. in a humble way and say, would you teach me this particular thing? Like, I'm really curious about this thing, that's not cool. all of life because no right. one can answer that. Yeah. I think the other thing, especially Shannon and I both do this. We look for same thing, a season or two ahead that we can say like, look, we're going to pour into you so you can pour into our kids. Because frankly, right now, you probably, you know, this is true. I mean, especially with your background, there's times when what mom and dad says is just stupid. <laughs> but that cool 22 to 25 year old is just the most brilliant person yeah. on the planet. Right. So I want to know that that person is, you know, one vetted, but two is speaking really good life words into our yeah, kids. Yeah, that's really good. You know, it reminds me uh, recently in the past year, we're part of a faith community and my son's connected there and it's really important for him. There was a new intern that came in that my son got put in a small group. And the week after I found out who it was, I got his email and I said, Hey, I want to, I want to take you to lunch. Yeah. Because exactly. I want to know who you are, That's right. right? And I want to put you on notice yeah. <laughs> that you're investing in a really important kid, right? Yeah. But I mean, it is that understanding who's in their life, mm -hmm. but then there's also fostering through other relationships who we want in their life. Yeah. Too. We just had this not too long ago, a conversation with our son about, you know, friends do determine the trajectory of your life. Yeah. And there was an example, he's got a friend that kind of got in some trouble and he was around some other friends. And fortunately, Harper wasn't involved in it. I think he saw it practically play out. He's like, wow, you're really right. This can really screw up your life. The wrong friends. Yeah. We've tried to be principle based in what, and then, you know, apply that with examples that we see. Who knows whether all this will play out well. I will say this though, going back to one point, I think I realized pretty quickly that once my daughter had her driver's license, the dynamic in our house changed. She's just gone more. And I, I was too as a kid, you know, I wanted to get out and drive and do things and, I now tell guys with, you know, younger kids, like the golden ages of being a dad and a parent are really like between diapers and driver's license. And it's yeah. a good, yeah. just beautiful time in a family. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have successfully navigated staying away because my son didn't care that much. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually just got his really? permit. So I don't have wow. to worry about it until his senior year. So okay. we're all, yeah. no insurance, no. <laughs> but those days are coming. Yeah. And I think you we're in a season now, especially with our olders and probably with our youngers, where I think in your early days, uh, it really is about teaching them. It's kind of what to think, right? It's yeah. like boundaries and all that. Yeah. But now, honestly, I don't know if you've seen this, but with me, I feel like I'm teaching them not what to think anymore, but how to think. Yeah. It's a coach. Because at some point, yeah. they're going to have to make decisions without me. Yeah. At some point, they're going to have some hard things they have to deal with where, 
old dad can't bail them out anymore, yeah. right? Or be there. Yeah, you know that you know the four stages of parenting. At least a mentor told me this: the four stages of parenting are, you know, you're you're essentially a nurse. You know, you're just basically trying to keep them fed and alive, <laughs> right, right. and then you convert to being like the king, right? Your wife's the yeah, queen, and yeah. and it's like do as I say, follow my law, and everything will be great. Right, right. Yes. But then, like somewhere around driver's license, these these kids need to be coached, mm, yeah. and there's this more of this like, well, gosh, that's a tough situation. What do you think mm, you should do about yeah, that? Yeah. And then eventually, you become friends. And that's, you know, probably after college. I don't know. But, and then you kind of bounce back into coach and friend. Yeah. But I, I've noticed that we're in that season with our kids right now. It's like, wow, that's a really tough thing you're navigating. What do you think is the best response here? Or, or what do you think God's telling you you should do about this? Yeah. You know, it's a coaching thing more than it is anything else. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, and it makes me think about marking moments, right? Yeah. And so I think about when my son turned 13, we had a day that I set aside. I took him out of school and we actually went and I had him, we went to lunches and to coffees with five of the most important men in my life. Oh, that's cool. And they basically we're prepared to talk to him about becoming a young man, right? Because at 13 now, he's kind of moving <laughs> into, he's not deal. a man yet, right? Yeah, but I, I mean, it. he's moving that direction. Yeah. Is there a marking moment or mm-hmm. two that you remember, whether it was just something that happened or whether it was something you did intentionally is like, man, this thing that we did was seemed to be a really important piece for our kids. So we've worked really hard to create what we call the Miles Family Manifesto. Okay. Yeah. And it's an 18 page document about what's important to our family. And our parents never really kind of critically thought through that stuff, which is fine. They're great parents. But for us, we wanted to kind of say like with intentionality, this is what our family will be about. And one of the things in there is at 13, there is kind of a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. And we signify that with a spyglass. Okay. Yep. And so we buy them a really nice spyglass that's part of that that says like, look, you know, our job is, is to basically look to the future also with that, you know, pay attention to what's right in front of you. And we have a vision for our family. And we think our family can last, you know, seven, eight generations. Uh, And so to see the, and so you're part of that experience. So when you look through that spyglass, I want you to realize that you're one person that's advancing our family generation by generation. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So that's what we do on 13. Mike, uh, next question is, when are you going to write a book for the rest of us? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote one book and I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's That's it. Uh, well, so we are, well, let's make a turn now because we talked about it earlier, right? Yeah. I often say it, dad's on tap, but we are, we're certainly not about perfection in what we do. In fact, mm-hmm. we could spend this whole time in several chapter gatherings talking about the dumbass things <laughs> that we've done as a dad, right? So, uh, in fact, I'll give you a quick story. So at the beginning of the year, I've made a habit over the years. At the end of the year, I do kind of do an annual review preview. I spend about two months at the end of the year kind of getting my mind around what are my goals? Who do I want to become in the next year? Yeah. And then it kind of culminates with the retreat. So, this year, as we enter the new year, I went to both of my kids and I said, if your dad could get better in one area, if there's one thing I could do this year to get better, what, great, what would it be? What a great question. And I still don't have an answer for my daughter. <laughs> I guess you're perfect. I don't know. <laughs> she does turn 12. So maybe I'm still in that king stage, right? But that's yeah. going to go away very yeah. soon. Um, right? So candy still, or, still working, yeah. on, still working yeah. on that. But my son, almost immediately, I saw him go, he kind of looked at me and he went, I guess a thought, but you know, I don't want to offend you. <laughs> so, well, it's on me because I asked the question. Right? So I said, what is it? He goes, well, he said, dad, he said, honestly, he said, when you get mad, you're starting to cuss a lot. And he said, it makes me uncomfortable. Hmm. He said, I really love for you to not do that. Wow. And uh, first of all, you know, I washed over with shame, right? <laughs> and I thought, you know, I, I have gotten into that habit. Yeah. 
right? Getting really, when I get worked up, it takes a lot for me to work up, but yeah. when I get there, <laughs> and so I just told him, I said, buddy, I said, thank you for being honest and I'll work on that. And so I'll have a problem moment. Last week I said, buddy, I said, have you heard me cuss one time this year being angry? He goes, nope, I didn't. <laughs> but it's just that moment, right? Of going, okay, we have things to work on. We're doing yeah. our best, but you know, there's just things we aren't going to get right. Yeah. So I'm curious yeah. when you think about who you are as a dad, what are the areas where you have to be careful mm-hmm. in your wiring, right? And maybe the things that you kind of struggle with. What are the one or two areas you have to be careful as a dad, you know, to not do the dumbass thing? Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, we, we do own several companies and there's times when I just am under a lot of stress and, and you can look at this as a blessing or a curse, but we do own a brewery. And it can be very easy to let alcohol start to play a part of our story if we're not careful. And during COVID in the early days, a couple of our businesses kind of took a hit. And frankly, I panicked a little bit. I drank a little too much. Mm. And my anger came out and I caught that Mm. and apologized profusely to my son because he kind of got the brunt of it. And then, of course, to the rest of the family. But I think that that's something that, you know, just being very transparent with you that owning a brewery, I got to be very careful with that. I mean, we have great tasting stuff yeah. and I just can't come up here and crush beer all day long. It just, yeah. is, some people think that that's the gift of having a place. And they're like, no, it actually <laughs> that's comes why with you that do it, right? incredible responsibility <laughs> connected to it. Yeah. So I think that that's one thing. I think the other thing too is a lot of dads, you know, I am one of those, they deal with anger. Yeah. Right. And a lot of things don't yeah. go your way and you stuff it down and you either get passive aggressive, or you get really yeah. pissed off. Well, especially these last two years, right? Yeah. With COVID and all the yeah. things, man. Just, yeah. And so anger is something that I have to manage. Mm-hmm. And I do that through working out pretty consistently yeah. through having open dialogue. I have this thing on my calendar. I call it think time. Okay. Yep. And I literally just use that to kind of process what's going on within me yeah. or to research something or whatever. It doesn't always have to be like some personal development thing. It could be, I want to, start a new company something or do that something interests you. Yeah. Yeah. But I, it's a, it's a release for me. So I call that think time on my calendar and yeah. it's become a very important part of my calendar. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, first of all, thanks for your transparency. Probably one of the things that, that my dad, one of the greatest gifts my dad gave me from a very young age and my family went through a lot of stuff was that my dad never had a problem looking at me and saying, I apologize. I blew that. And yeah. will you forgive me? Yeah. Right. Not just, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. I got caught. I'm sorry. You feel that way. Right. I mean, that's not owning it, but I know that's a part of who you are too, is just saying, Hey, you know what guys, I blew that. I apologize. No, I messed that up. Will you forgive me? How can I work to get better? Yeah. I know this is true for my daughter. And I also know it's very true for my son as well as, and you're this way as a dad as well. You're a giant to your kids. You're not just a man. You're a giant, especially if you care and you show up as a father, you become this big giant. And so your words can be very harsh or they can be very loving and very graceful or they can be very tough. And so there's just this wave of additional emotion that comes when you talk as a dad. And so I've had to be very cognizant of like my tone, especially if they've got older, because I want them to be like just craving time with me and looking to me and finding this, this dad that, you know, is wise, hopefully, but also has a soft side too. Yeah. 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 That's awesome, man. Um, there's so much more that we can talk about, right? Uh, but I know we're starting to come to the end of our podcast today and I want to move back into some thoughts and ideas for dads that might be listening to us or dads that might be sitting in one of our brewery chapters, right? And they may, when we close, they may go to some questions and some sure. thoughts. If you had to leave us with one or two kind of big things that you would want to challenge dads to think about, uh, maybe a question that they could talk about in the sure. group after we're done here. What are 
one or two things that you just say, hey, I want to challenge you dads to think about this or ask yourself this question as a dad. Sure. Well, I think that the first one would be as a father or as a dad, who are you looking to for mentoring? Like, who are you looking for that is two to three seasons ahead of you that can really guide you in your life? Because you don't have all the answers. I don't either. Who is that person? And I would just challenge you to go f- talk to them and just say, hey, look, would you teach me? I'll do what you say. Would you teach me? Is there a book? Can we sit down? Can we can we be proactive in learning? Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. The other thing is, and I, I believe this all my heart, is that you have to be a well-rounded dad, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't you know, have like the wonderful big paycheck and then not show your kids that you don't work out, yeah. right? Or you can't be all about other people and not have some sort of connection to those that you love, right? So it all has to work together. And, and then, you know, there's times when I meet guys who are wildly successful in business, but their marriage is a train wreck, yeah. yep. right? So all of these things have to work together. It's your taking care of your body. It's really kind of taking care of your business, taking care of the balance with your kids, yeah. with your wife. And then for, for me personally also is taking care of the, my relationship with God, the being part too. Yeah. So yeah. I think that all four of those things working together make a well-rounded dad yeah. and man. And that's what I want to teach my kids. Yeah. Well, and it's being aware of which of those areas, right, has the tendency to fall apart yeah. or that you're neglecting the most, right? Yeah. And I think sometimes dad can get really overwhelmed by, totally. oh yeah. my goodness, where do I start, right? But maybe it's just starting today with a really simple step, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just taking a walk around the block, you know, and not stressing so much about your next paycheck or, yeah. you know, the money you're going to make, or maybe it's showing the kids that you're investing in your wife. Yeah. Right. And yep. so that they can see like, wow, this is an important part of me as I grow up as I need to do that for my family one day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, finally, as we close, you know, we're talking about a lot today, but we, you and I started talking about how, how hard it is to be a dad. Yeah. Right. I mean, just, especially in this day and age, right. With all the elements, with all the factors, things like social media and COVID. And I mean, just, <laughs> you know, and, and then we're also in a, in a place where we're blessed enough to raise our kids, right. To, they don't, they have far more than we had yeah. growing up. Right. Yeah, and for so, sure. That's a great thing. <laughs> yeah. But also it's like, there's expectations that get created around that. Right. Yeah. So, um, a lot of different things. It's difficult being a dad what's just one thing as we close that you'd want to say to dads that are listening mm-hmm. or that are watching us at a brewery just to be an encouragement to them uh, as a dad today unlike what you might see in a sitcom today on television or what you might hear that culture is saying about dads as one dad to another i would just tell you to keep going the world needs you as a father. The world needs you as a great dad. Being in an environment like this where you can connect and talk about like, what are the best things that fathers can do? And what are some things, if you're being honest, I probably should stop doing, yeah. right? And just having that, I think when we do that, our community changes. Yeah. I think when dads step up, they're natural leaders. They're not afraid to say something. They, they kind of own who they are. And be proud of who you are as a father. I am very much so. I mean, the world needs good dads. The world needs great dads. And I'm hopefully going to be one of those and am. So I encourage you to, to fight for what you believe as a father and step up because culture is only going to basically push against you more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's really part of the heart of Dads on Tap, right? Is that dads oftentimes feel alone. Yeah. And we're not alone. We need each other, right? We need to be in rooms like we have with our brewery partners and have chapters and have the conversations. That's right. I've often said that the only reason I'm at at where I'm at today is because I just didn't quit. (laughs) Right? Like I just... 
I just put one foot in front of the other and just kept trying to battle. Yeah. And the result of that not quitting is that good things came because I didn't give up. Yeah. I think too, you know, the silence is just not a good thing for a guy. And especially as a dad, like, you know, you, you got to have an outlet to be able to communicate. Yeah, and maybe absolutely. this is a possibility for where you are. Absolutely. Well, Brian, thank you so much. Thanks you to NOFO for being a great partner. Thank you for thank being you. here with us today. And and I actually wanted to wait till the end, right? So uh, people that stayed with us actually get a benefit. But you guys have been generous to do a little giveaway for us. So yes. I think we got a hat and maybe a few things. I don't know, a couple, couple things. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we'll do, what do you think, two or three? What do you think? Giveaways? Let's do six. Okay. We'll do six. Yeah, All right. I love yeah. it. So we're going to do six giveaways. And here's how we're going to give things away. Uh, if you'll go to NoFo's Instagram, mm-hmm. okay, and you'll post there. The first six guys that post to NoFo's Instagram, follow you, first of all. Yes. And then post to NoFo and then tag Dad's on Tap. Hashtag Dad's on Tap. The first six, we'll figure out uh, how to get we you a special gift. Swag yeah. you up. We'll <laughs> absolutely. Hook you up. Absolutely. Uh, and we're grateful for that and grateful for the partnership. Uh, as we close today, thanks for joining us. Uh, whether you're listening to us in the podcast, whether you're sitting in your local brewery in a chapter, we're really glad that you're a part of Dads on Tap. And we hope that this today has helped to craft a little bit of a better dad in you. want to encourage you to go online and follow us on Instagram at the Dads on Tap. You can check out our website at dadsontap.com. And also, I just want to say again, please, if I can do anything to serve you, be an encouragement to you as a dad, if you heard anything today that you're like, man, I'd like to explore that a little bit more. Would you send me an email personally at scott at dadsontap.com? I'd love to follow up with you and help in any way that I possibly can. But most importantly, as we close today, I want to challenge you and encourage you wherever you are to take what you've learned and go do something to be a better dad. Mm-hmm.